0: Let's check in on currencies. Let's bring in Matt Weller to help us do just that. He's the global head of research, forex.com and City Index. Matt, welcome. We have the dollar, which has been, well, kind of in a bit of a holding pattern, waiting this inflationary data to do out today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've seen a, a bit of strength in the dollar over, really, since, since June. Mm-hmm. But so far this week, we've seen that sideways price action. I think that's traders just Uh, digesting the situation with the Fed, both uh, Powell's comments at the start of the month and the upcoming meeting next week, as well as the NFP report. And now we have the CPI report in what is this, 20 minutes here, that could have an impact on how the Fed decides to proceed with regard to taper.
0: Yeah, that hawkish tone from Powell I saw in your notes, you uh, commented on that. And also, in terms of what we've been seeing, and we've been focused on quite a bit this week, the short end of the curve, the two-year futures have been on a tear to the downside.
1: Yeah, futures to the downside, yields to the top Mm -hmm. side. I've got a 21-month high in the two-year yield at about 0.72%. And honestly, I think it makes sense. We've seen, uh, we've seen inflation expected to come in here in 20 minutes at about the highest level in several decades. And notably yesterday's initial unemployment claims report was the lowest we've seen since 1969 when the Beatles were recording mm-hmm. Get Back. So this is, uh, if you're looking at it from a dual mandate perspective, we have high inflation, very low unemployment claims. This is the exact recipe for the Fed to get off of this unprecedented stimulus policy and move toward a more normal environment. And I think Jerome Powell and company recognize that.
0: Yeah, they're going to be singing the tune, Careful, what you wish for uh, pretty soon because it seems like they're getting it also in terms of some of the strength we've been seeing in the U.S. dollar. Uh, You do have some weakness in some of the other foreign currencies. I know you watch very closely the pairs. You've got the British pound, which has been coming off the euro currency as well. I want to talk about the yen and uh, the New Zealand dollar and some of the activity there in a minute. But first, these uh, euro currencies, we certainly have seen some weakness there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, again, it comes back to monetary policy. But there's different dynamics at play when it comes to the pound versus the euro. In the pound, everyone was expecting the Bank of England to raise interest rates last month. Now uh, they decided to punt to this month. Now with the emergence of Omicron and the country entering its Plan B protocol and, and kind of introducing new economic restrictions, it's unlikely that the Bank of England is now going to raise rates until probably February at the earliest. And I think that dramatic shift from November now four or five months later for a first rate hike has really tightened the gap relative to what the Fed is doing. And I think that's why we're seeing quite a bit of weakness in the pound over the last several weeks. When it comes to the euro, they're just a step behind in Europe. The economy appears to be losing momentum as we enter Q4. Uh, ECB policymakers are still characterizing inflation as transitory, which seems uh, kind of passe uh, at this point now that that Fed Chairman Powell has made the shift toward retiring that terminology. So I think, again, it comes back to monetary policy and the fact that the Bank of England is not expected to be as far ahead of the Fed, and the European Central Bank is still far, far behind in terms of winding down asset purchases or, or raising interest rates anytime soon. And that's a theme that has dominated the last several weeks, and I think will carry over into the new year as well.
0: Matt, seeing some of the comments that we saw this week from central bankers, uh, uh, Bank of Canada, we saw the RBA leaving rates unchanged, but they seem to be kind of more on the side of things where not necessarily willing to sort of subscribe to, okay, no longer calling this transitory, let's get ahead of this rather than behind at this point. They're still just sort of uh, using a little bit more dovish tone, I guess is the uh, best way of putting it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting looking at both the RBA and the Bank of Canada had meetings this week, and they're on roughly the same path, aren't they? They're they're, they're exercising caution now, certainly uh, very aware of the Omicron variant and the impact it could have on their economies. But they're also recognizing that uh, this unprecedented, essentially 0% interest rate world is, is – the policy is not appropriate for some of the risks in the world, particularly inflation. So it's looking likely that both of those central banks could raise interest rates in the first half of next year, probably in the Q2 timeframe. And depending on what happens with the Fed meeting uh, next week, as well as the inflation report imminently, that could kind of set the tone and and kind of leave those central banks, those currencies, the Canadian, Australian and US dollar in a fairly good position relative to where they were and I I think we could see continued strength in those ones.
0: Let's talk a little bit about this inflation report in terms of uh, what line should we be focused on most closely and what component is uh, potentially going to be the uh, major focal point here.
1: Yeah. So uh, everyone will tell you, I'm sure you've heard a hundred times that used car prices and, yeah. and indeed new car prices yeah. have been driving a lot of the inflation. But if you look under the surface a bit, we've actually seen the the breadth of items and services rising in price actually uh, increasing, right? So it's not being driven by just a couple of isolated areas anymore. And that I think is a big risk to team transitory, if you will. <laughs> if These inflationary pressures start to be seen across the board, then um, it's more likely to be sticky. Consumers are more likely to uh, adopt that attitude, and as we know, inflation, unlike almost any other economic indicator, is something that that can become self-fulfilling. Where if if consumers think prices are going to rise in the future, they'll buy more aggressively now. That in turn creates that uh, higher that the that dynamic of higher prices. And if I can add just one more note. For the next two months, we're likely to see high headline inflation numbers on the CPI side because of base effects. We're replacing the November and December CPI reports from last year. Those both rose at 0.2% month over month. So even if inflation isn't accelerating per se on a short-term basis, the headline number on a year-over-year basis will likely be high for the next two months.
0: Matt, last question. Uh, I'd imagine part of what we're trying to figure out here is how much of this inflation is just sort of tied to the Fed's very stimulus, uh, uh, you know, um, activity as of recent. And then uh, also the COVID, because Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was very clear recently in some of her comments. She said, "Look, look, this is pandemic driven. This is more, again, something to be concerned about if we continue to see numbers on the rise. And it seems like at the top of the story, we were talking about how they are.
1: Yeah, it goes back to that concept I mentioned earlier, where I do think initially a lot of the inflation was caused by supply chain disruptions. Yeah. To an extent, that's absolutely still at play. But it's almost like a a spark that started a fire. And now if you turn on the evening news, the the headline is oftentimes inflation. And and the the general populace is starting to accept this as as a narrative. And and many people who experienced inflation in the 70s and 80s are are. have had had bad experiences and are preparing for that um, in different ways. so it's it's starting to become entrenched in the public mindset. And uh, that suggests to me that perhaps even when some of these supply chain issues are resolved, uh, that inflation may be more sticky than Team Transitory had hoped.
0: And that public mindset, it seems like it has a bit of a snowball effect in terms of spending habits and ultimately where that would put the Fed as far as their ability to uh, move forward as far as the path that they'd like to. Matt, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us and uh, giving us part of your Friday morning. Matt Weller, the global head of research, Forex.com and City Index.